for existing patients, it's about 50% of patients accept treatment. For new patients, it's less. It's yeah. one in four, 5%, right? Which means, you know, if I'm in office and I kind of dig into my case acceptance, I start to understand that there's a problem. They show up to the office and they have questions about why is a crown so much or why is this so, this way? And really what I'm hearing is help me figure this out. Like help me get to a conclusion where I can make this work. And it's often discounted as, oh no, they're just a shopper. And if we can flip that around and say, okay, well, how can we actually solve that person's problem quickly and give them a financial option that works for them? All of a sudden, you just turn a shopper into somebody who now is doing treatment and everybody wins. And they should be focusing on doing every single thing they can in that patient's journey to make sure that that patient has a great experience and converts. Welcome back to another episode of Dental Marketing Theory. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want, but you can't grow if you don't have financing figured out. Financing is really becoming the central issue for most of the people that I'm dealing with when it comes to actually growing and getting more new patients to say yes to treatment. Today, I have Robert from Sunbit, who's the head of Strategic Alliances, and he's going to break down how new patients for most people are only converting at about 25%, meaning only about a quarter of new patients that come from marketing are saying yes to treatment. And that's horrible. And there's a reason for that. A lot of dentists think, oh, they're just shoppers. But in reality, people are just trying to figure out how to make their dental treatment work. Robert has a background in the auto industry, and that's an industry that's figured out how to use financing to move their services or their product. And I really believe that dental has a lot to learn from that. So you're going to want to stay tuned. All right. So Robert, why don't you tell me how you got into the dental industry? Sure thing. Um, like most people in dental, it was an accident. Uh, surprise, surprise. There's not a lot of uh, young boys who grow up wanting to sell patient financing to dentists, right? <laughs> yeah. Same with marketing. Uh, I've never heard anybody young person say, man, Gary, when I grow up, I want to be in the dental marketing industry. Same thing. <laughs> right. We should, we should lock the kids who say that. <laughs> uh, but so I actually, I ended up in a different industry accidentally before dental. I accidentally ended up in automotive. I've always been in technology, sales, and partnerships. Um, but when I came to Sunbit, we were focused on automotive, uh, not on the sales side, but on the service side of a car dealership. So helping people get their car repaired. If you think about it forever, car dealerships and automotive has understood financing. You need to finance a vehicle to buy it. People don't just go out and buy a vehicle's cash. And if your car breaks down and you can't get to work, you need to figure out a way to get it fixed. You, you, you have to finance it. So there's, there's been financing forever, but there hasn't always been good accessible financing. Uh, that, that's where we came in. And the transition from automotive into dental for us as a business was relatively intuitive because we looked at where else are there non-discretionary essential needs where people have unexpected expenses and just need help covering out-of-pocket costs that can get prohibitively expensive. Yeah. That's so true. Um, you know, when I think about the auto industry, they've done an amazing job of figuring out how to uh, get people to think about their car in a different way and from a financial standpoint. And really, honestly, I feel like the dental industry should be more like the auto industry when it comes to financing. Like, hey, I have medical needs and I need to take care of these because it affects my overall health. So let's figure out financing wise how to make this work. And the auto industry is not something that you need quite as much, right? Like, you can Uber, you can get a cheaper car, but I feel like that's more of a status symbol. Your car is a status symbol, right? So people always figure out how to make it work, but our dental 
we don't figure out how to work. So why, from your perspective, why has um, dental struggled with that so much? I think sometimes it has to do with understanding the full patient journey and understanding when the barrier around cost comes into play. And the kind of historical mindset around it has been, well, at checkout, like if someone says no, then that's the time to talk about financing, if, you know, last resort, rather than presenting financing as a piece of the experience that brings people in and makes them more confident about going to the dentist. Because I think one of the disconnects between, you know, the front office, back office and, and the patient is money is a concern for people. In the United States, there probably hasn't been a product period, forget dental for a second, a product ever over a thousand dollar price point that has been sold successfully without financing. Like money gets in the way of buying things, right? And if I want to go on vacation for $1,200, I might pause and say, can I afford this now? If I get presented with a crown for $1,200, I might need it, but I still pause and say, do I want to pay for this? So if we can present financing earlier on and let people know that uh, good payment options are available, it changes the entire dynamic in the dental office, but a lot of people aren't thinking about it pre-visit or during scheduling, they're only thinking about it as a last resort. Hey, sorry to interrupt the show, but I got a segment that's going to bring a lot of value to you. It's called Ask Gary, and people are sending in their questions about marketing. Today's question comes from Dr. Michael, and he wanted to know, what can I do at the end of year to really boost my marketing to make sure my numbers don't slip, especially in November and December? And there's a couple things that you can do. Number one, you can ramp up Invisalign. Parents love buying Invisalign for their kids at the end of the year as a Christmas gift. And the best part about that, you'll get a bunch of revenue and you won't have to do the labor or the work until the next year. So that actually drives up revenue and keeps your labor down. Super valuable. The other thing is use it or lose it at the end of the year. And lastly, you have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of unaccepted treatment in your PMS, all you have to do is email them and let them know that you are running some kind of promotion at the end of the year to get them in. We actually have exact scripting about this. So if you want to learn more about this, just reach out to me. I'll get it to you. And back to the show. Yeah, that's a good point. And one of the things I want to really talk through with you, because I think you guys really get this, is how, how does patient financing impact marketing. So, and I'll kind of explain this. So most people, when they think about marketing, they think about the top of the funnel. And when they think of the financing, they think of the bottom of the funnel, like kind of like this throwaway thing, like, yeah, who cares? But how does, how does Sunday kind of think through this? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, it, it all, it all starts from the bottom of the funnel in a funny way. Cause you think about what is my case acceptance, right? Most offices are thinking about case acceptance. You, you could probably give me the stats as well as anyone. I think the last thing I saw from dental economics was that for existing patients, it's about 50% of patients accept treatment. For new patients, it's less. It's yeah. one in four, 5%, right? Which means, you know, if I'm in an office and I kind of dig into my case acceptance, I start to understand that there's a problem. But by the way, we saw the same thing in automotive. Uh, 40 to 50% of people decline their service, their recommended service work. They say, I can drive with an AC. Mm. I can. So in dental, we have similar stats. Now, to understand what's going on, though, we have to look all the way up at the top of the funnel. First of all, you have 50% case acceptance for existing patients, but how many of those existing patients fail to schedule a treatment or fail to schedule an appointment because they know that they're going to come in at half cost? So you lose even more at the top of the funnel. And I think when we think about you know, the top of the funnel, it's how do we optimize for the bottom of the funnel, right? How do we, when we bring someone in, change their mindset before they even come in and sit in the chair? Um, so financing, good financing, it doesn't have to be a Sunbit. I think bias, you know, Sunbit is yeah. very good at this, but 
letting a patient know before they even step into the office that they're approved for X amount of money and letting the staff know at the same time, because that changes the dynamic once they're in the office, um, makes the patient more confident, makes the staff more likely to recommend the treatment confidently. And, and then at checkout, it becomes a no-brainer. Of course, I'm going to take care of the $1,200 uh, dental needs that I have because I have $3,000 to split it out over time. Um, so it starts at the bottom of the funnel, but you have to basically present financing earlier on. Yeah, I totally agree. Because one of the things, one of the problems that we run into is patients are always thinking about financing, right? Like, or just the financial struggles, as you pointed out, in every industry. This isn't true for dental, it's for everything. And so what ends up happening a lot of times at the office is they will say things like this, oh, they were just shopping. And it's like, well, yeah, every patient is just shopping, but they're trying to figure things out and they need help figuring it out. And, and I always use this illustration. Deni all dentists are shoppers too. When they come to use our marketing services, they shop us. <laughs> they compare us against other companies. And when they use your financing, they compare you against other companies and say, should we use more Sunbit or should we use somebody else? And th that doesn't mean dentists aren't good customers. It just means that they're trying to educate themselves about the services that they're going to be provided. And patients are the same way. And so if, if we're not careful, what ends up happening is the office says, oh, they're a shopper. They're, they answer the phone. Oh, they're a shopper. They had questions about financing or how this works. Or they show up to the office and they have questions about why is the crown so much or why is this so, this way? And really what I'm hearing is help me figure this out. Like help me get to a conclusion where I can make this work. And it's often discounted as, oh no, they're just a shopper. And if we can flip that around and say, okay, well, how can we actually solve that person's problem quickly and give them a financial option that works for them? All of a sudden, you just turn a shopper into somebody who now is doing treatment and everybody wins. The patient wins, the office wins, Sunbit's happy because you have business coming in. I'm happy because you now helped us get a patient that wouldn't have converted now to convert it. So like it's everybody winning across the board. Is that is that kind of how you guys see it or what? Give me some insight on that or how you, you view that. Definitely. I look at it very similarly. And I think, you know, you're looking at the funnel and you're looking at all the places where there might be leakage in that funnel, right? And financing is by no means a silver bullet. It's not the only thing that's essential to case acceptance and optimizing your funnel and conversion. You need to have good treatment plan, recommendation processes. You need to have great staff. You need to, you need to have a good practice. You need easy scheduling. But one of the things that 58% of patients when, when polled um, say that cost is the biggest barrier to them coming in and completing treatment. Mm -hmm. You just need to bring them in. So awareness of, of tools, start of the funnel. But I, I think the other thing that gets lost in the mix is, you know, it, in order to retain your patient base, you also have to convert them. So there's that, that negative consequence of the decline case acceptance of those patients not coming back over and over again. And it's, it's, it's even harder to track that, right? Because the funnel you know, kind of continues and floats back up to the top. So uh, we also think about that, right? The likelihood of that patient coming back next year, especially if it's a new patient, the likelihood of that new patient never coming back to the decline treatment is very high. So how can we help make sure that everything that an office is doing, and an office should be thinking about that, everything that they're doing to bring in a new patient or to bring it back a returning patient is costly and took a lot of work. And they should be focusing on doing every single thing they can in that patient's journey to make sure that that patient has a great experience and converts. And for us, um, and something I'm sure it's the same for you at SMC, it needs to be easy. Yeah. If, if we don't make it easy for both 
the patient and also for the staff in the office, they're not going to do it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe the staff will if it's good for the patient, but we need to make it easy for everybody as much as possible. And that's what we've tried to do. Yeah, it does have to be easy. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed that that is a big problem in financing is not the doctors, right? So the doctors are like, yeah, let's use financing. Let's get our our team, you know, our customers financing. It's really the treatment coordinators and the team that's presenting the fees. And what ends up happening, I've seen this happen over and over and over and over again, is that the treatment coordinator, whoever's presenting the fees, they say, okay, we're going to try XYZ financing company and we're going to try it on, you know, my favorite patient. I love this person. I really want to help them. And then they get declined. Yep. And then they go, they get cold feet. They don't use it anymore. And then what they tell the doctor is, oh, no, no, it's, you know, just, everybody's getting declined. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And they get cold feet. So then what they end up doing is then they end up spreading out the treatment, meaning they go to the patient and they say, yeah, you need all this treatment, but let's just do this. Let's just do a crown now and let's do a filling later and let's do this thing later, which is fine if that's your only option, but there's other options. And the team a lot of times gets cold feet around that. How do you guys solve that from an ease of use, not just from the patient side, but from the, doc uh, the doctor and team side? Yeah, that's a great question. The first answer, and it's a shortcut, it's a cheat, is good technology. And then good technology, we define it. You know, it's simple on the front end, right? It's easy to use, but it's very complex on the back end. And our, our great technology is, well, it's kind of threefold. It's, we've built a fast application, so it doesn't take a long time for someone to find out. They're 30 seconds, they scan an ID on an iPad. You know, I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. It's a you know visual thing, but scan an ID or fill in your information, you're approved. And it doesn't impact the patient's credit score. The third piece of the technology, and this is important, it's the underwriting. Right. The ability to approve everyone above 500 FICO, that's over 85% of patients, leveraging artificial intelligence and machine learning to make good decisions. That's very different than other financing. And you, you described a scenario that almost every office and every treatment coordinator and, and most patients or a lot of patients are familiar with, which is I apply for financing, maybe not in the dental office, maybe it was at Best Buy, maybe it was a car dealership, and they got declined. And that experience sours the patient, it sours the treatment coordinator. So we knew there was an imperative to build something that approves nearly everybody and does it quickly and easily. Because if I'm worried that 50% of the time this application isn't going to work, it's no better than what I already do today. Okay. So we built something that doesn't require the office to staple together a long-term treatment plan or to bring in multiple financing options. We built one simple, easy-to-use solution that approves nearly everybody. That, that's core to our value proposition, over 85% approval. Um, and then you know, there's a kind of saying in sports that you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. We look at it the same way with financing, right? If you're trying to kind of in-house plus other, some other financing plus this, then, then you're kind of patching together your own solutions instead of what, using one easy-to-use technology. Yeah, I love that. And then you, this is not something that you guys are just kind of like slapped together and are like, hopefully this works for dental. This is something that humans have been using for some time with you guys, right? In other industries and it works across the board, right? That's correct. Yeah, we're, uh, we're in over 20,000 businesses across the country. We've helped over a million customers, patients, people in the world um, get financing for essential needs and we're, we're proud of it. And one of the things that's important to us is taking care of that end user, right? If, if we didn't build this in a way that's good for that end user, then it's not going to be good for the business that's helping. So we treat those end customers like there are, they are our customers, but they're also yours. Um, 
But yeah, hundred percent. It's it's tested in the world. And the nice thing about the credit spectrum is in the US you can't escape it. So if we build something that proves everyone over five hundred FICO, that's nearly everyone, period, not just nearly everyone. That's awesome, man. If someone wants to learn more about what you guys are doing or how you've helped, like you you do a great job helping our customers and a lot of other people in the dental industry, how how can people reach out to you and get in front of you? Yeah, it's sunbit.com slash SMC. Uh, sunbit.com forward slash SMC. Uh, that's the best way to reach out to us. Hopefully, we'll see some of the people who are listening in uh, San Diego on October 19th, uh, 20th. But uh, please reach out. We'd be happy to share more about Sunbit and explain how it works. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it.